time to wake up. It's Saturday morning. Find some milk and cereal. Grab a bowl and spoon. No, a bigger spoon. Head to the living room and take a seat on the floor. But Joseph and Chris present to you... Saturday Morning Cartoon! Hello everybody, welcome to Saturday Morning Cartoon Boom! This is a show where we wake up with the Saturday morning sun, plop down the living room for the big bowl of sugary cereal, and watch all your favorite cartoons, both old and new. I'm Joseph. And I'm Chris. And this morning, we watched Fraggle Rock, the animated series. This was suggested by Carter via Twitter. Thanks, Carter. Thanks, Carter. I don't want to embarrass him, but like... So I, we we heard from his mom on Twitter, and your mom's really cool, dude. Don't don't ever be embarrassed of your mom because she's awesome. But I saw like some drawings that he's done of like the Beatles on her Twitter, and oh, they're nice. really cool. He's got a really cool like little art style going for him, which is awesome. Um, cause he's just like, you know, he's 11 or so. And, um, to see like a style developed already is super awesome. So dude, keep it up. That's awesome. Yeah. I don't know. You can make some fan art for us. I said the word awesome way too many times. Awesome. Awesome. Or absolutely. Man, you had to point that one out. (laughs) You had to do it. (laughs) So the show Fraggle Rock, the animated series aired just in 1987 Created by Jim Henson, Jerry Jewell, Jocelyn Stevenson, and Michael K. Frith, at least the original series was. This one was developed by NBC Studios, produced by Marvel Productions and Jim Henson Productions, ran for one season, 13 episodes on the NBC network, and this is the animated version of the popular Muppet series, Fraggle Rock. As in the original, the Fraggles are a group of odd creatures that live underground with the workaholic doozers while trying to avoid the giant gorgs and the people in the human world. Or the silly creatures in the human world. Is there a reason that they gave why they animated this instead of just continuing with just straight up Fraggle Rock? I feel like it was just because the original had just finished in 87 also. It started in 83, ended in 87, the the live action puppet show one. And I think that it was just maybe time slash budget constraints, or maybe they were just trying to stretch it out a little bit longer because the the original one was airing on HBO. So this was a, a um, network television since it was airing Wait, on NBC. The original Fraggle Rock was on HBO. Yeah. What? Yeah, it was. It was on HBO. It was actually the first uh, since HBO at the time was purely a movie channel. This was the first of the channel's original series. You know how Netflix has all those original series now? Yeah. This was HBO's first. The live really? action Fraggle Rock. Yep. Wow. You know, I never thought of HBO doing like kid things. Because when I was a kid, HBO was like the channel that your parents didn't have. But you would go to like your parents' friends' houses and they would have it. And then you'd try to sneak off and watch it because you might see boobs. Well, no, that's what, that's what Cinemark or Skinemark was. Skinemax. Skinamax, right. So, Chris, who were some of the actors who played in this, uh, the animated version of this show? All right. So, the voice of Wembley was Bob Bergen. The voices of Gobo and Architect, uh, the doozer, was Townsend Coleman, who is awesome. We have talked about him plenty. Mm-hmm. Voice of Red was Barbara Goodson. The voice of Junior was Michael Laskin. The voice of Moki and Cotterpin was Mona Marshall. The voice of Ma was Patricia Paris. The voice of Boober and Madam Trash Heap was Rob Paulson. 
that is also like in every other episode we do. And the voices of Uncle Traveling Matt and Pa were Patrick Piney. Uh, and you could hear Rob Paulson in it. So, yeah, I, you know, I didn't peg him as Boober right off the bat, but it makes sense. But Madam Trash Heap, <laughs> for whatever reason, I was like, well, that sounds like Rob Paulson. That doesn't <laughs> sound like a woman. Now I know. Madam Trash Heap, yeah. She's a trashy broad. And what's cool, I mean, well, f- various parts of it were that, uh, like, Madam Trash Heap was from the original series also. Oh, well, a lot I didn't of these, realize this. Most of the characters were, actually. But, you know, that uh, makes some sense. I have, like, vague, recolle- vague recollections of the original series. So, uh, for a few tasty marshmallows out of our big bowl of Fraggle cereal, this, uh, this survived only one season on NBC's Saturday morning lineup. Primarily due to the tough competition it was up against, like Pee-wee's Playhouse, that was at the height of its popularity. So it's like, how do you compete with that? When Jim Henson first thought of the show, the working title was The Woozy Show. So it's good. The Woozy the, Show? The Woozy Show, yeah. Is because you feel woozy when you watch it? Well, well, this I'm talking about <laughs> just the overall Fraggle Rock experience. Because yeah. uh, since, the, this, since the cartoon ran for only one season, it was so short... Uh, Anything I say as far as interesting tidbits go are going to be primarily about the whole thing. Right. This was actually the first U.S. This was actually the first U.S. TV series to be broadcast in the Soviet Union in 1989. The first and last. But do you have any memories of the cartoon version? Um, I didn't think so. But as soon as I started watching it, some of it seemed a little familiar. But I can't tell if it's because I saw the original Fraggle Rock or if it if I actually did see the cartoon. So I honestly don't know if I have seen this or not. I don't really remember. Well, I definitely remember watching the original one, but I didn't even know there was an animated version. So I don't think I ever saw this or even knew that it was airing. I think in part it's because at the time that I was actually watching Fraggle Rock, I think that it was on... It definitely wasn't on HBO. So it was after its initial run. So it must have been on Nickelodeon or something. I'm I'm not sure. It was on a different channel. I know that. So much, like I said, of the live action puppet version was carried over that it wasn't really too much of a departure from what I was used to. I just don't recall ever seeing it as a cartoon. So this was new to me. Yeah. Like I said, I just I can't remember. I mean, it's all blurred together, I think. Or I think I'm just too young to really remember like what I actually saw. So I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, because when this was airing, we would have been like two years old. So, but uh, anyway, let's jump into the three episodes we watched for today's show. The very first episode, highest rated episode, and finally a random listener chosen episode. Order may vary depending on how these episodes fall chronologically, but of course we have to start with the very first episode, which after some deliberation, since IMDb had it wrong, is actually No Fraggle is an Island. And just for, uh, just to preface this a little bit, there's... These are two-parters to where it's uh, two 15-minute episodes within the episode. This one and actually another one we watched are part one and two of the same episode. Right. So, uh, yeah. So in this one, Boober gets fed up because Fraggle Rock is too crowded. So the Fraggles decide to move far away from each other and live alone. Uh, that's a, that does definitely happens. Oh, well, I will preface with I like the way that Boober looks and his name makes me giggle. But... Aside from he, that, he reminds me of uh, almost like he should sound like Ringo or something, just by the way he looks. You think he should sound kind of like English or something? Yeah, I don't know what it is. I just feel like I've seen another character similar that sounded that had an English accent. 
You know, that makes sense because I feel like that that was my first inclination too when I first saw him. I didn't really expect him to sound the way he sounded. I'll give you that much. Right. He sounds yeah. a little bit like Muppet Babies Kermit the Froggy in that way. Kind of. Like I, a little bit of a like thicker voice. I can't remember what he sounded like in the live action series. I should should have looked that up. But yeah, yeah I, I don't no know idea. how far I don't know how far off this is from that. But what happens is, and what I thought was actually unique and interesting about it, and I, I'm pretty sure this is carried over from the show as well, is that uh, he does all the laundry right. and the cooking for Fraggle Rock. So for the entirety of Fraggle Rock. So this is a role they easily could have given to a woman. But I think that it was almost at the time progressive of them to make that a male character. Yeah, you know, I didn't actually even think about that. And that does bring up a good point is that you don't usually see males in anything at that time doing those kind of roles. So, yeah, that's kind of interesting. The series as a whole, just like the original, is kind of focused on Gobo, who's and they all have their different attitudes, too. He's a very pragmatic one. He's the practical one who, you know, gets the job done. And he's adventurous. He's adventurous. Yes. And then you've got Boober, who is is a he's a pessimist. He's very he has a lot of anxiety and he worries a lot. Right. He basically he hopes for the best, expects the worst. Yeah. And he definitely like. Yeah, he does bring up a lot of negative, like, thoughts. Anytime something's going to happen, he always assumes it's going to be terrible. And then you've got the opposite of him, basically, who is Moki. And she's just, she's, I think she's the tallest one, actually, too. But she's very positive and... She's super tall. Tries to look at the, the bright side of things. And has an annoyingly terrible voice. Oh, you think so? Oh, my gosh, yes. I could not stand her voice. It was driving me insane. Every time she spoke, I was like, shut up. <laughs> I feel like it was pretty close to the original one, too. Because I remember her it having probably kind, of was. A, kind of a shrill voice like that. You've got a, a Red, who is kind of the most hyper. She's always trying to impress people by with her diving skills. Right. That's kind of a weird thing to try to impress everybody with. But it's like every episode, yeah, she's diving into water. Every single episode we watch, she's diving into water, and is always like, "Look at this!" And I'm like, "I don't, <laughs> I don't care." Uh, it's like you know, one of those little kids that's like, "Mom, mom, mom, watch, mom, mom, mom," and I'm like, "Shut up!" <laughs> I'm not I your mom. Like, Go I feel find like you her. have a lot. I see a lot of uh, boober in you. <laughs> yeah, you know that's probably why he's my favorite character in this show. <laughs> You can relate. He's the one I related to the most. I'm like, man, yeah. everything sucks. <laughs> uh, and uh, finally, you've got a Wimbley who is, uh, what would you describe him as? He's, he's kind of clumsy. Clumsy, kind of a coward in a way. Like, he's yeah. very nervous. He's um, not very standout-ish, at least not in the episodes we watched. Seems like he would be the youngest of the group. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. And, and yeah, he doesn't usually ever get any focus he's just always with one of those other four yeah there are actually much. episodes out of the 13 that were about him but we didn't watch those so i don't know even how much spotlight right. he, he gets in those but these are the our five primary characters on the other end of that you've got it's broken down into kind of four different cultures mixed together a little bit. So you've got the fraggles who are in this underground cave system which they've dubbed fraggle rock and with them, you've got the Doozers, who are these 
even tinier kind of ant-like people who are just their primary uh, drive is to just build things and, and yeah they're just creating. little green guys that build stuff yeah i and love the doozers they were the best part of this show. They live in coexistence with the Fraggles, and they have a kind of a symbiotic relationship where the Doozers are constantly building uh, with edible building supplies so that the Fraggles can eat those buildings so that the Doozers can keep on building. Because if they if the if the Fraggles don't eat the buildings, then the Doozers will run out of room to build. So hmm. it's a back and forth. That's a good point because originally I would have said it was a very parasitic relationship. Yeah. And that the Fraggles were constantly breaking everything the Doozers made. And I was just like, man, this is like, oh, the Fraggles are terrible people. No, they're helping <laughs> each other out. Yeah, it's... it's. I guess. They both benefit from it. Um, You've got in... Outside of the the mouse hole, basically that the that the Fraggles live in, and the way that it starts every episode is with Doc and his dog Sprocket, and right. they are you know a human and a and an actual dog, regular size. They're in what the Fraggles call outer space, which is our world. And then on the other side of that, I guess in some kind of magical kingdom thing, you've got the Gorg. And there's only three of them, from what I understand. Yeah. There's there's Junior and uh, Ma and Pa. And I, I can't remember what their actual names were with the, the mother and the father. But basically, uh, the king and queen of right. the Gorg, even though the, it's literally just the three of them from what I see. Yeah, you never see another Gorg, which is strange. They are constantly planting radishes to feed on and also for the Fraggles to come and take to feed themselves the even the um the doozers use those radishes to make the parts to build the things to feed the fraggles it's it's an interesting ecosystem that they have there yeah it's well it's not like the gorgs plant them for the fraggles the fraggles come no, and no, steal no. it yeah the, the, the fraggles the are just a bunch like of little rats yeah the thieves man like honestly this this show kind of made me like not like the fraggles you know i'm like man the fraggles are like constantly destroying the things the doozers make and they're constantly stealing food i'm like they're terrible people i didn't i didn't feel that way i don't know i didn't and like... then there's also um slurp and i think yeah. the slurp was just added in for the cartoon i don't think it was part of the original series yeah like i i could see that but that that like tells you right off the bat there's so many like different races which is interesting there's another race too that are occasionally in those caves with the fraggles and the doozers and i don't know what they're called and i don't really know what to describe them as as but they're more like just they're smaller and they're kind of fuzzy looking with spindly arms Oh yeah, just like but um, I don't know what they are. Yeah, I know what you're talking about, and it's almost like the um, uh, garboil. Yeah, yeah, they're kind of like the garboil, but and we'll get to him. But yeah. yeah, they look similar to him, but they're not quite the same thing. So there's all kinds of weird creatures and races to this show. I can respect that that it's very creative in all the different kinds of things and the inner workings because they're not just connected by these radishes. They're also connected by their sources of water, which we'll get into in, like, the next episode. Oh, yeah, very much so. Um, but they do help each other out in different ways. Not so much the Gorgs, but the Gorgs are almost, like, not the enemies, but the Gorgs are the most annoying to me. I don't know why. I, like that, I can agree with that, too. That's why I sided with the Fraggles over the Gorgs. I'm like, yeah, steal their radishes. Who cares? 
I'm all like, I'm a, I'm pro doozer. Like, <laughs> I, I want the doozers to rise up and take over. Did you know the doozers actually? And I, I don't know if it's airing yet. I think it started in 2014, but it was their own series. I think it, it might have really? been CG or something. Yeah, I'm not sure. But I know oh, the doozers got a spinoff series. Rock. Oh, nice. <laughs> Uh, so what happens in this episode is basically just that Boober is trying to do laundry and everybody keeps messing it up. They keep getting in his way. They keep getting dirt all over it. And he's finally just fed up to it. He's had it up to here. And I'm, I'm raising my head or my hand above my head. And it, that's unheard of in the Fraggle territory for them to be yeah. that fed up. They were super disturbed to hear that. So they make a, a solemn oath that they have to leave the Great Hall, which is the, the main section of Fraggle Rock, just to leave Boober on his own. And he's okay with it at first. He's just like, fine, like, it'll be easier to do everything if I'm by myself. He's just getting frustrated and he's fine until Red opens her stupid mouth. Oh, like yeah. every time, because she always, she antagonizes and pokes at him. Like the only person he really can't stand and, and would want to go away is Red. But she just, yeah, she antagonizes him and she baits him. She's a troll, basically. She's trolling him <laughs> and gets him to say that, no, he wants everyone to disappear, you know, when it's really just her that he's angry with. And yeah, rightfully and he, so, because Red is garbage. <laughs> like, <laughs> I she is my most hated character in this entire series. She's uh, just the uh, she's like the she's hyperactive, obnoxious. obnoxious one. Yeah, she's like a little sister kind of. And yeah, uh, if your little sister was completely obnoxious and a piece of garbage, <laughs> the uh, if you've ever had siblings, like you understand that. But everybody goes out on their own, and then at a certain point, they all realize that. Well, they all frame it like, oh, I just need to go back and get some uh, radish juice or something. Or They all want radish, radish milk. Radish milk, yeah, that's what Which it is. Which is gross. And so they that's something that they all separately kind of decide on. They all go back and kind of meet up together. But that's not before uh, Boober accidentally, even before they all leave, he accidentally wakes up the slurp. So he, it was when he got angry with, um, I think it was Gobo. Um, because Gobo was like skateboarding and it knocked over his laundry cart. So he had grabbed the skateboard and this was earlier in the episode and he threw it and it went down this tunnel and hit like this oh, little rock, which yeah, broke yeah. and it started pouring water on the sleep, sleeping slurp. And, uh, that's hard to say that thing was slowly kind of waking up as everything was going on. And then the other fraggles leave. And then it finally has made its way up to the great hall. Once Boober is the only one left. It's awake. It's it's come down and started to chase him. So he's kind of hiding. Everybody else finally meets up with them. In a way, they're all kind of realizing that they, even if they're doing their individual things that they love, like Mogi's painting, Red is diving, you know, they all kind of realize that they want the company of each other. Like, it's just, it, it's better that way. Uh, Gobo goes out right. to outer space, to the human world, to try to explore a little bit and gets scared and kind of hides in sprocket's bed before he comes back in <laughs> yeah it's fun i love and, how sprocket reacts to the fraggles so it's really funny because he always looks so scared and then later he finally gets the courage and he'll start barking at him and stuff and you get a good impression of red's attitude when she says uh you know what good is showing off there's no one to watch so i don't like her <laughs> everybody's going to get their radish milk they all meet up to face the slurp at a certain point it just sits on them and they have to either tickle it or be squished they get it off of them and then 
it comes after Boober because it wants his what sets him off is it's trying it's eating everything but it's trying to eat his favorite laundry cart and that is the last straw for him oh yeah he loses it man like Boober gets like angry and like screams and like runs over at the uh, the slurp like he's ready to fight that thing the other fraggles coming to help to by grabbing his tail grabbing the slurp's tail and kind of tripping it and it falls in the water but then keeps coming after them Earlier in the episode, we see a, a radish trap that the Gorg set off where if you grab one of their radishes, like it's it's set up to a pulley that drops a basket on you. And so Booba remembers this and uses it against the slurp so that it will be trapped and the Gorgs can catch it. And then you really get to see the difference in size between these things because to the to the Fraggles, the Slurp is huge. Like, he's a giant beast. And then to the Gorgs, you know, uh, Junior just picks it up in one hand and he's... Yeah, it's like the size of a cat to them. Yeah, and he just takes it to be with other Gorgs in the wild, so... Other Slurps. Yeah, other Slurps, yeah. he Inadvertently, he saves the Fraggles from the Slurp. But definitely not intentionally, because as we said, Gorgs do not like Fraggles. Why would you like Fraggles if you're a Gorg? I wouldn't. I just, I don't get it. I don't get what your adversity towards the Fraggles is. A bunch of little thieves is what they are. (laughs) That's very, very old man of you. (laughs) I need to get them off my lawn. (laughs) Jumping into the second episode we watched for today's show. Well, this one was resolved before I move on. This one was resolved, and Boober releases them from their solemn oath to stay away from the Great Hall, and they sing a hip-hip-hooray song. Oh, by the way, there's at least one or two songs in every episode, just like in the original series. Yep. And it's kind of <laughs> like, uh, um, I think Muppet Babies did the same thing. I, I think Muppet Babies did it a little better than Fraggle Rock. I think, I think. so. I think so. But yeah. the, I didn't I didn't dislike the Fraggle Rock songs. They just weren't as catchy as the Muppet Baby ones. But moving on to the second episode we watched for today's show, this was The Great Fraggle Freeze, Season 1, Episode 8, and this is actually another two-parter that was the same episode. Uh, This was your pick, Chris? I picked it because it's called Freeze, and I'm freezing. (laughs) You know what? That's exactly what I would have thought, is because it's so cold up where you are. It's very cold up where I am, and there's like a foot of snow outside right now. So you're going through your own Great Fraggle Freeze. Yeah, I, my fraggles are frozen right now. Well, let me tell you. Gross. <laughs> in this one, uh, when the heat goes out in Doc's workshop, it has a chilling effect on Fraggle Rock. Gobo sets out on a mission to the center of the mystical magical maze to set things right again. And on Gobo's adventure in the maze, finally leads him to the center where he sees just how close the ties are between their world and the world of outer space. Like the first thing we see in this episode is Red diving into the water again. Does she do anything else? Like, I feel like (laughs) she's just such a waste of everyone's time and like air and resources. Oh, and energy. Like, ah, she's such a bad character. I think this is the first episode where we actually get to see the water draining. It's, uh, it's draining because, well, okay. It's kind of a system of recycling where it drains because the gorgs are in a swimming pool and they're using a lot of the water. And then it's refilled by these pipe bangers who yeah. just basically beat on the, the <laughs> pipes that are leading back to outer space to the human world until Doc turns the water on to release the pressure because he's just hearing all the banging. And that brings water back down. And I thought that was an interesting kind of ecosystem, too, that... 
it, it's just like one is taking from the other who's take who is feeding into the other. Yeah, I can agree with that. Like, I'll give him credit for for setting that up because it's kind of intricate and very interesting. Just like Red is always diving into pools, um, Pa Gorg is always in water playing with little battleships. Yeah, naval battles. Yeah, he's he's always doing that, which is really weird. Um, but <laughs> so what I like is when the Gorgs used all the water and it drained the Fraggles' water, and then the the pipe bangers come out. That it's like a ceremony. Like these are like elderly fraggles they're like wise men and they have chants and stuff and they bang on the pipes and i just think that's hilarious and doc just assumes that like his pipes are old and having problems and he's like well every time i like release a little bit of water into it that'll usually stop the banging so he just (laughs) always does it so if like they ever if doc ever tried to actually like replace the pipes or something like that like if he went down far enough he would discover that it's full of fraggles. Yeah. <laughs> I think this is also where we get to see... Yeah, we get to see the first letter from Traveling Matt, which is... Yeah. Oh, this is another thing to point out. Like, um, Gobo and Traveling Matt are kind of inside jokes among um, production, like, basically TV really? or movie entertainment, because Gobo is the shape of the light when you're when you're casting it on something in when you're recording. Uh, that's what a Gobo oh. is. Oh. And then Traveling Matt is exactly what in the, at least in the original series, the live action series, a Traveling Matt is when you're overlaying one image on top of another. And the way that they would do it in the original series is they would have like a background image of a city or whatever. Uh, and or not even an image, but maybe a scene. And then they would lay another uh, scene of Matt, the Fraggle, like walking over it. So not only it was his name Traveling Matt, but he was using the, they were using the Traveling Matt like M-A-T-T-E technique to animate him. Oh, that's funny. I didn't even think of that. Yeah, so there were a lot of little cool things like that in there. So we get the first letter, and this is something you see going on in the original series also. You get the letter from Traveling Matt, and those are so funny to me. They always were in the original one too, where he's out in the human world, and we're actually getting to see like him in the city, and he's trying to understand the way things are working. What he determines is that silly creatures, which is what the Fraggles call humans, gain knowledge from the... He, he's in an office building and he's at an elevator. Gain knowledge from the elevator because it elevates right. their level of knowledge is what he thinks. And uh, the message coming from that after he goes up himself and... Well, because he sees humans come out of the elevator, he thinks the same human coming out is the one who went in. So he sees different... So he's thinking everybody looks different like maybe it's their knowledge being elevated so he goes in and he gets sent to a different level because he he's thinking it's teaching him math or something on the numbers and yeah uh, then he arrives and he's like wow i i see you know it's there's something completely i see something completely different because he's assuming he's on the same floor and just the misunderstanding that he has and trying to work it out logically but it always ends up with some kind of positive message too and in this (laughs) one it was like if you fear the unknown, the knowledge that you may need, the knowledge that you need may be right at your fingertips. And by his fingertips in this one, he, it's just him tapping the buttons on the elevator. So right, it's like a exactly. positive message, but it's just an interesting way that he arrived at that. I, I do like that. That was probably my favorite segment of this episode was all the traveling Matt stuff. Because I like just seeing him walking around in like the human world was a lot of fun. The way that Gobo usually gets his letters is out of the trash can because... He delivers these postcards to Doc 
Doc's address, and Doc just throws them away because he thinks that they're mistakes. So Gobo goes out into Doc's house to dig into his trash can, find these letters, these postcards, and that's how they communicate. So what happens is that the power in Doc's house goes out, which means his hot water heater isn't working. So then when the Fraggles try to refill their pool again, it is super cold and Red almost freezes. Too bad she didn't stay in there. And so they're just like, oh no, what do we do kind of thing? And they go talk to um, Madam Trash Heap to see what she has to say because they, they're saying, oh, it's a great freeze. And apparently this happened once like long, long, long ago. And they sought Madam Trash Heap for help then. So they, they go to her and she gives some advice. And she's terrifying looking, by the way. <laughs> she's very creepy. She's a giant um, trash heap with glasses, like uh, grandma right. glasses. However, are you ready for this, Joseph? Theory time. Oh. Put on your tinfoil hat, Joseph. <laughs> Put it on. This is never Seriously, good. Put it let's, on. Let's see. Put it on. It's on. Okay. So there's this this sentient pile of trash, right? Mm-hmm. Who says that she remembers ancient Fraggles because she remembers when the last freeze happened. So you could be like, oh, well, she's been alive a long time if she's she remembers the ancient Fraggles. However, she's just a little pile of trash. And in fact, the top of her head is made of a banana peel that's still yellow which means that this pile of trash could not have been there for very long which means that if she remembers the ancient fraggles and she's not very old that means that fraggles have extremely short lifespans which is probably why this was only one season long because they're all dead fraggles are all dead i don't know about that um my assumption is with the trash heap that she just continues getting built on because trash never stops flowing so what you would think but she's very small like, she's not a very big trash heap. She's just a tiny little thing. I mean, she's big compared to the Fraggles, but to us, it would just be a little pile of trash. I know the Gorgs at least live a long time because uh, I think the king said he was around for like 700-something years or he's been king for that long. The Fraggles, they're probably like, was it like mosquitoes only live or there's like some bugs that only live for like a couple days. I honestly think that is the real lifespan of a Fraggle. It's just a few days. Thank God that means red has been gone for ages. <laughs> <laughs> when does Gobo get his magical cape? Did he find that? He found that earlier in the episode and took right. it to Boober to get washed. That's when Madam Trashheap also gives him some additional tools to go and explore the mystical magical maze, which is where they need to go to uh, resolve this problem. What she gives him is a safety pin, a toothbrush, and then like a lid, I guess. But it, uh, yeah, it's like the lid to a jar or right. something. Right. It would basically be like handle his shield. Uh, his toothbrush would be like his weapon, I guess. And then he's got his shield. She tells him that she, he needs to flip the ancient hand from up to down. And this is, you know, their interpretation of that. Right. They're singing this rolling on song. And Ugh. he. At the end of it, they roll the uh, the the lid away, and I was thinking like, oh, it's gonna just be back in the next scene. But then when he walks away without it, I'm like, oh, okay, cool. So that actually was part of what just happened, and I wonder if that's gonna come into play later. And it actually does, and I thought that was really interesting. He goes through like this maze, and the doozers are kind of following behind too, because the doozers are kind of like, you know, these fraggles aren't gonna do it. We got this. 
Well, it's like it's almost like separate missions for each of them because the Doozers have their thing where I think it's like some kind of mission that they have, an unspoken mission. They're living an entirely separate culture than the Fraggles, even though they're in the exact same area. So I like that take on kind of multicultural existence, uh, coexisting with one another, because they're, yeah. none of them are questioning each other's methods. They're just living their own lives and kind of uh, living off of one another in a way. Are benefiting from each other. Yeah. So we get to all, all she says is basically look out for the uh, garboil, like the evil the garboil. And I didn't know what yeah. form that was going to come in, but what it actually ends up looking like is just a almost like a Tasmanian devil or a uh, Taz from the Looney Tunes. It's just a tornado. Oh, yeah, the, the little tornado thing. Right. Yeah. Until Gobo manages to stop it by tickling it. Because apparently that solves a lot of problems. <laughs> like if you are confronted, you just start tickling. You know, maybe I need to try that. You know, if I ever find myself in a rough spot, I'm just going to start tickling somebody and see if that helps. I don't think it's going to help. I think it'll help you get a restraining order. Oh, well, what if it's like, oh, what if somebody confronts me in an alley and they're like, give me your wallet. And I'm like, tickle, tickle, tickle. <laughs> what do, you, do you think it would work? Do you think? I don't know. Just try it. Just let me know. Deliver back. Yeah, I'll report back. Yeah, please. And then, um, so then the little tornado stops and the, you see the actual garboil, which is this skinny, scrawny, little fuzzy, weird looking dude who kind of reminds me of Slapstick from Marvel Comics, <laughs> like in his colors and like his hair and stuff. Yeah. But he's a goofy little guy. He's not rude. He, he just, in, in his words, he's not rude. He just gets furious when people come in uninvited. So I guess his fury is what sends him into that twister form. It seems like he's a pretty nice guy. He just misunderstood. And this is where the tickling comes in because this is how Gobo uh, basically translates Traveling Matt's idea being right at his fingertips. And his fingertips just happen to be the weapon of choice since he's already used his toothbrush and his pin and doesn't have his shield anymore. Yeah, he had lost everything by that point. Yeah, and yeah, definitely he even lost his cloak, his magical cloak. So he resulted in tickling, resorted. He resorted to tickling because that solves everything. He runs across the doozers or they run across each other and both of them are like, wow, the fraggles sure do get around. Or And then <laughs> right. And then Gobo's like, oh, the doozers sure do get around. And so it's it's another one of those things where they're, they're on the same mission, just on different paths. Gobo ends up in basically right behind Doc's wall. He gets dropped onto some cords and he sees the switch, but he has no way of reaching. He can't jump up there. He can't get up to it. And this is where the coexistence comes in again because the Doozer's only mission is to build this construct in front of this great hand or the, the ancient hand and then leave. Like that's their whole thing to solve their, right. that was their mission and they do it and they go away. They don't, know why that's just what the architect has had them do or what the ancient uh doozers have said was the mystical planners had said for them to do right. so it does just that doozers always do exactly and the gobo gobo is able to now reach the lever because of that he pulls it down a uh, shine on uh song starts to play or they start to sing that uh, after he pulls the lever and the electricity is turned back on so he helps out Doc in that way and also helps out the other Fraggles in that way. So Gobo's kind of a, he's like a hero now. He is a hero, yeah. Hey, Gobo. He's the hero and he learned not to be afraid of the unknown. That's true. 
HP Lovecraft would be proud of him. <laughs> the final episode we watched for today's show was Moki's Flood of Creativity and what the Doozers did. And what's interesting, and it's not the way that all the two-part episodes work, but this one was a two-parter where they're two different stories entirely, but they intertwine right over one another. And like I was talking about in the last episode where the Doozers are living their own lives beside the Fraggles, this shows that exactly. And I thought that was a very cool transition from this last episode into the final episode we watched for today's show. It was actually uh, the 10th episode of the season of, you know, there only being 13. It's one of the last ones. And it was the highest rated as well. And I could see why. Yeah, I thought that was really cool. Because, and that I wasn't expecting that either. I didn't know that was what this was going to be. No, you know what I actually thought was when I saw the second part of it starting and it was starting almost exactly uh-huh. like the first part did. I was like, wait, did I accidentally rewind the video? Like what happened? That's what I thought too. Yeah. Yeah. I thought there was a mistake. And it was uh, cool. yeah, it's uh, so when the Gorgs drain the Fraggles pool, the pipe bangers realize it is a monumental pipe banging ceremony. And as the Fraggles prepare for the big moment, Moki plans a poem for the pipe bangers. And when her poem runs long, Fraggle Rock faces flooding. And that's basically what you need to know about this episode as far as what sets it off and what the resolution uh, or what needs to be resolved. Man, with so many episodes revolving around, like, filling up their pool, like, I see why this didn't last very long. (laughs) You know? It's like, there's only so many things you can do with trying to fill up your pool as the plot of your episodes. Yeah, the pipe bangers come in a lot. I mean, this is their biggest episode because we get to see them for most of it. And it was different. Like, the ceremony was different this time because before they chanted alone, banged the pipes, but now they have, like, a whole song, which was weird. Oh, yeah, the Please Water Run song. Which was actually kind of a cool song, honestly. Like, that, it was silly because that's, like, it was so simple, but it was kind of catchy in a way, even though the only lyrics were, please water, run. The pipe bangers is just an interesting aspect of the Fraggle culture because we're only getting to see the, you know, the five main Fraggles that we talked about, but these are a completely different portion of them. And this is their, it's almost like they're um, a church or a... A cult of sorts and it's it's their like elders basically yeah and the pipes are like they're almost their gods in a way or at least uh, they they feel like the water is coming because right. they're pleasing their gods with this pipe banging and with these songs and i thought that was that was a interesting way to look at it especially because we're getting obviously as humans we know the other side of it and we're getting to see the other side of it lived out too yeah i think it's kind of cool in that it's representing the basic human thought process when you don't understand something you know it's because it's like i mean since the beginning of time everyone's worshipped like all these various gods and stuff and you know who's to say who's right but it is interesting right. in that, like, when things are unexplained, it's always, like, throughout history been assumed that it's the work of, like, some sort of god or something, which is why the Greeks had so many gods for various things, the Romans, the Egyptians, the Native Americans, like, everybody has all these gods and stuff, and a lot of it is for, you know, like, if you think about, like, farming and agriculture and stuff like that in particular, especially with the Native Americans, that was always a really huge deal. Like you'd get do like your rain dances and do other things to try to appease these gods, um, sacrifices, you know, to have a good crop or, or to get rain and, and other things. So I think that's really interesting, like being able to see, okay, no, we actually know where this water is coming from, but they don't. So they resorted to that basic, like kind of human instinct of imagining that there is some bigger force causing this to happen that we have to appease. 
So I think that's cool. I like that. Yeah, yeah and that's something that you know runs throughout the Fraggle series, and it, it's something that we get to see an active part in with Traveling Matt, where he's experiencing all these things, but he can't explain them, so he's crafting these stories about them to help him best understand what's going right. on. Oh, something to mention real quick, and I didn't mention it earlier, I forgot, was in this cartoon, when we see Doc, we don't see his face ever, much like Nanny in the Muppet Babies cartoon. Right. But in the live action series, you do see his face. Oh, really? Um, yeah. In some other countries, not and there, there are a lot of countries that use this. This is the Canadian version of it, basically, is Doc and, well, I mean, it's the U.S. and Canadian version of it and some other countries. But uh, I know there are specific other countries. I think France is one of them. They use a different scene for the human world. There's still like a a man and his dog, but it's a different scene entirely. It's not just like a paste over really? of or a dub over of the same scene. It's like a different animated scene altogether. I wonder and why. I think uh, London, it's the same thing. I think just to appeal more or try to relate more to the actual culture that they are, the actual um, people that they are showing it for. I think in London, it was the same way. Like there was a different one for English and there was a different one for France. I can't remember the others, but there were kind of various different outside world versions of it so that the kids, I guess, could more easily relate. With the live action, was Doc still a puppet or was it like a human? No, Doc was a human. That was an actual human world. and. Oh. Uh, um, Sprocket was a puppet, though. The, yeah, that's what I thought. I, I, I think I remember Sprocket being a puppet. That's why I was wondering if he was or not. No, he wasn't a puppet. Yeah, he was an actual human. So it's it's almost the same way as like this, where even though it's an animated human, it's still a human compared to these uh, Muppets. Well, technically, you could say that Doc is a puppet because he's a puppet of the Fraggles because they are manipulating him with their noisy pipe banging to get him to turn on the water and stuff. they He is doing their bidding, so he is a puppet of the Fraggles. <laughs> but they also help him turn his electricity back on when he needs it. Well, yeah, but I mean, that's just, that's besides the point. <laughs> <laughs> so the, uh, the pipe bangers going back to the episode have a this is they they realize that the next time that they do this ceremony it's going to be the flabillionth pipe banging ceremony and <laughs> they have to have a, a party or i guess a, a ceremony combined with it that's where like i said earlier moki has she wants to come up with a poem to honor that and her poem just runs so long that the pipe bangers continue banging the pipe so doc over like he turn he overturns the water and just makes too much come out because he's like, well, I thought I already fixed it, but I guess I'll do it again. So he just, I guess I'll turn it on more. And right. in doing that, he kind of floods the, uh, which makes sense. He kind of floods the Fraggles territory. Exactly. And this is what sets in motion the entire rest of the episode where they're having to figure out what to do with the water overflowing. Uh, we see the Doozers in the first part of it just out with their boats. And we're like, oh, that's cool. Doozers have boats. But that comes into play a lot in the second part, which is right. the, the doozers, what the doozers did section. And I thought that was a really cool way to tackle it because there were times where in this episode, the fraggle portion of it, I'm like, why, you know, why is the architect doozer in the water? Like, why did he fall out? I didn't see what happened. And this is before knowing that they were going to explain that in the next one. Yeah. And it was, it was kind of funny because, yeah, when you see it from the fraggles point of view, it's just like. The doozers are just kind of around and doing yeah. things. And they're like, oh, look, they built boats. Weird. And, like, you just see Wembley casually pick Architect out of the water. 
and put them on one of the boats and, and then it just kind of moves on and you know doesn't give a whole lot of attention to the doozers you know you just see yeah, him doing different things yeah you don't think much of it because it's uh i think he even comments is like man the doozers do some crazy stuff or they're funny like that you know yeah yeah he does say that yeah and uh so what ends up happening on the fraggle side of it is moki first she tries to read the poem backwards to make <laughs> the water start coming out less that's her idea but then she's lost yeah. so much of the paper she can't remember it so her next idea is to just stuff the pipe with the rest of her poem which was a very long poem so she's yeah stuffing i mean it in there it was like a stack of papers that were like as tall as her or taller yeah so it was a very long poem uh, very and what ends up happening in on doc side of it is the pipe you know starts to expand the way that they show pipes doing in cartoons where it's it's overflowing because the water's got nowhere to go and so that you know forces him to turn the water down and uh well he has to go out and get it fixed i think or something like that he has to go out and find something to get it fixed right he has sprocket like because <laughs> like it, it springs a leak and it's like shooting out and he makes the dog like hold it to try yeah, to plug he has it to hold from it pouring out it's pretty funny and this whole time a sprocket is having some trouble with fleas but he refuses to wear a flea collar and to wrap up the fraggle portion of the episode doc comes back to fix the pipe you know while um sprocket's still holding it and he comes back with the new flea collar for sprocket who is relieved by having the uh by getting the fleas under control and the fraggles are fine because the flooding has stopped. So right. everybody won on that part. And then it jumps into what the Doozers did the second half of the episode, which is the same episode just from the perspective of the Doozers, which is a completely different experience. And that was so cool. Yeah, this was kind of cool too, because it's like you're seeing the Doozers go about their stuff and they're like largely unconcerned with whatever the Fraggles are doing. So that I thought that was kind of cool in that I feel like the Fraggles sort of take the Doozers for granted. But the Doozers just don't really think anything of it. No, the Doozers, literally their only job is to, to build. <laughs> yeah. To, the Doozers the, do. They, the Doozers do what the Doozers do. And they there's one Doozer who's like kind of a rogue at the Cotter time. Pin. Yeah, Cotterpin, who is a female Doozer. And she is just really interested in building boats. She builds a boat and she just loves the idea of watercraft and architect is very against it because she's thinking outside of the box and you know, she's not just building the way that the doozers have done for years. So right. he's upset over this. He's kind of the elder doozer. Leading up to it, he's like this, you know, this is garbage needs to be trashed or sent to the recycling bin, the recycling plant. And so right. she gets her plans taken away for the boat. And the boat is, I think the original boat is destroyed or something. Yeah, well, poor Carterpin, like she, what she had done, she had created these blueprints for boats and stuff. And, you know, he was kind of like, it was almost like blasphemy to him because he's like, doozers don't belong in water. Um, but yeah, it, it was, was just kind of like a, whatever, man, I just, I made this. It was just an idea. Like I'm being creative. Um, and he actually like demotes her and, you know, she gets like actual punishment, which really sucks. But Oh yeah, yeah, she got demoted to uh, um, what's it, like she's like a rivet, a rivet catcher, catcher. rivet catcher, second class. Yeah. yeah. So she's the first one that sees the water rising. She goes to report back to him. He doesn't believe her. Um, a couple other doozers overhear it and go look for themselves, and they do see it, which is funny because it's these two. Like during the fraggle portion, 
when the fraggles are like scrambling and stuff you see these two doozers run from the water and now on the doozer side you see that's those two that went to scope out Carterpin's claims saw it was coming and then they scurry off and like go back to architect and tell him and they're like no like we're with Cotterpin on this one so they rescue her plans are about to be recycled but they rescue them and they start building the boats and all of the rest of the doozers get in on the action except for architect who's being stubborn so they build boats and they're taking off and the water reaches up to a point where um architect is surrounded and then falls in and he can't swim he's sitting on top of like a floating thing at first or standing on top of it so Cotterpin orders the boats to turn around to to get to him, and that's when like Wembley comes floating by and something, and just is like, "Oh, look, the doozers have boats," and casually picks Architect up and just pops him in, and then carries on. <laughs> yeah, he thinks he thinks nothing of it, and what he just saved kind of saved Architect's life. Yeah, he and, really did. And then just moves on with the fraggle portion of it on his end. But yeah. this was a huge deal to the the doozers, and. Uh, it helps Architect have a revelation in that, uh, you know, if, if not for her plans, all of Doozerton would have been destroyed. Exactly. And and uh, I think at, at the end he says, uh, like, Doozers must never stop dreaming or will stop doing. And if Doozers must never stop doing because it's what Doozers do. It, it's kind of a weird... The Doozers are very one-track minded as far as just build, build, build. Fraggles eat what they build and they just continue building. Like, that's their thing. Which is kind of weird in in a way. Like I feel like they've got to get frustrated at some point. I would think, but you would think so. But they seem to love it, and uh, it, it was just good to see the Doozer side of it because, especially to the same story, because I, I just loved seeing how they were intertwined and how it right. explained a lot of what was going on in the background. Now, there's one thing about this episode that disturbed me, and that was. Um, the doozers have a little song and dance that they do. And it was like during this song, I'm realizing how incredibly naked they all are (laughs) and very (laughs) rotund. And it's just, it looked like you were watching a dance off at like a middle aged nudist colony. And it was, (laughs) it was super creepy, honestly. Like I, I was a little grossed out. I love that, uh, our younger listeners are going to be hearing this. Looks like it's about time we rescue our inner kids from the rest of the silly creatures in outer space and see what they thought of Fraggle Rock, the animated series. I like the idea of Fraggles, but they were kind of annoying, especially Red. And they were always messing up all the poor doozers and what they built. If I were them, I'd lead a rebellion and build cages to keep the Fraggles in until they could feed them to the slurp. I rated this cartoon three bowls of radish milk and cereal out of five, and now... I must go bang on pipes so I can take a bath. While considered inferior to its live-action counterpart, I can look at the animated series as a great companion to the show as a whole. I see it as sort of like a miniseries that expands upon the overall Fraggle universe versus trying to change it or create something entirely new. It does simplify certain aspects of the live-action series, but there's still good fun to be had and lessons to be learned. Overall, I'd give Fraggle Rock, the animated series, 3.5 big balls of What Doozers Do loops, cereal out of 5, and my recommendation is not to watch this instead of the original series, but as a supplement to enhance your complete Fraggle experience. And now I'll release this from this review by chanting the sacred Fraggle words, Weeba, Waba, Wingo! Try to say that three times fast, Joseph. Weeba, Waba, Wingo, Weeba, Waba, Wingo, Weeba, Waba, Wingo. Oh, kind fine. Of. Fine then. Whatever. <laughs> I think that was the uh, the chant that 
um, Boober did at the end to release them from that sacred oath. It's true. That's also they chant. They did to um, instigate the the sacred oath. I guess it's true. just a, a fraggle thing. So do you have any final thoughts about this? It's not as good as the original Fraggle series if you're a fan of that. But that being said, if you are a fan of that, I think that you can enjoy things about this because it does bring a lot from that original series just in animated form. And I'd say if you have a choice between the two, watch the live action series. But this is also kind of a, a, I I guess, look at it kind of like bonus stories or just bonus side stories to the actual Fraggle uh, mythos. So, I don't know. I enjoyed it. I say check it out. Yeah, for me, this cartoon was kind of a tough call because there was some things I liked and there was a lot of things that just didn't really strike a chord with me. However, I feel like it really strikes its audience, which would be younger kids. And I think my problem is that I found a lot of the Fraggles kind of annoying, except for maybe Wimbley and Boober, which were pretty entertaining characters. Um, plus, I'll always love the Doozers, but I'm still glad that I watched it. So thank you very much, Carter, for suggesting this for us. Yes, thank you very much, Carter. And please recommend some more stuff for us. This was awesome. And uh, we'd love to hear from you. Yay. Or get some uh, fan art from you. That'd be fun. Ooh, fan art. Draw pictures of us as Fraggles. <laughs> oh, no. That would be awesome. Uh, no, uh, I don't want any fan <laughs> art now. Chris will be a gorg. Make him a gorg. I'm already a gorg. (laughs) (laughs) Well, listeners, it looks like our milk supply is now run dry, so it's time for us to say goodbye. Next week, we'll be watching Rick Moranis in Gravedale High, submitted via email by Kim J. So it's specifically called, that's actual titles, Rick Moranis in Gravedale High? Yep. It's supposed to be Rick Moranis in Gravedale High. Do you know if he actually plays in it or if it's just his likeness? I'm I'm not entirely sure, but I feel like maybe it is him. Yeah, I would hope so. Otherwise, false advertising. <laughs> right, exactly. And before we go, we have another five-star review on iTunes to read. What? And, another and- one? This is by Gotham underscore night 89. And so five stars. And he says, awesome. I love this show. I discovered it only about a week ago, but I love the format, the amount of research that's put into it. I'm also obsessed with the voice actors. So I love how you go through the cast at the start of every episode. Sorry. You didn't like Freakazoid too much, Joseph, but I love what you guys do (laughs) and look forward to seeing what you guys do in the future. So thank you, Gotham Knight 89. We appreciate it. Well, hold on, hold on. Why do they have to call me out on that? There's a lot of <laughs> stuff you don't like. Because you're like one of the weird few that did not like Freakazoid. And everybody I likes Freakazoid. Freakazoid. I just didn't love Freakazoid. Yeah, well, that might as well be saying I don't like it. <laughs> no, <laughs> if you don't love we're it, friends. you're wrong. Right. We're, we're, love is a strong word. We're friends, but that's it. That's so what I'm you're about. friends with benefits with Freakazoid. <laughs> Yeah, friends with benefits with Freakazoid. <laughs> that sounds right. <laughs> uh, well, once again, I'm Joseph. And I'm Chris. And we'll see you next Saturday. Presented by NerdSloth. A place for lazy nerds. If you like what you heard, consider donating at patreon.com slash nerdsloth so we can continue bringing you quality shows. Be sure to also leave us a review and share your favorite episodes and clips on social media. If you're looking for more content, visit us at nerdsloth.com.